Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. And we're glad that you're with us because we're going to start a brand new series today um, on the ministry of encouragement. And I have uh, been looking forward to doing this. We've been talking about um, this ministry for a couple of months at least when I really felt like the Lord impressed upon me that it was uh, something that we need to really grab a hold of as a church. And... um, and so I've taken some time to study. And if you'll remember, I said to you uh, a couple of months ago when I first brought it up that, that we were going to lay the groundwork by doing two things. And those two things were that you were to start every day, every day, by thinking about five things that you're thankful for. And that that needs to become the habit of your life. And I'm going to keep asking you to do that until it becomes just that. You should, before you even get out of bed, think about five things that you're thankful for. And the reason why that's important is because we get so bombarded with negative stuff that, that it quickly takes over, and we'll talk about that more today. We get, we get trapped in that whole process. The second thing I ask you to do, and, and we'll continue to build on that, is that every day that you should do everything you can to encourage at least two people. To encourage at least two people. And we'll, we'll talk more about what that looks like, but, but it can look like a lot of things, a conversation, uh, um, a well, you know, written email, text, Twitter, I don't care, Facebook, something that encourages people somehow. And, and we'll talk about that so that after meeting you or being with you, they feel more encouraged than when they started. And it's a very necessary thing. Now, before I, 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 I hop into the message, having said that, um, this week is my birthday. And, and last Wednesday, I was up with the group near Ocala up in Williston. And, um, uh, we and actually started this this with them up there uh, on Wednesday, so they're they're a little ahead of us in this case. And um, while I was there, they knew I wouldn't be there for my birthday, so they got me a cake and they gave me this card. And and uh, I wanted to read you this card. Um, I'm hoping I can say this in church, but uh, but just to start the encouragement off, um, here's the card. And I think they scanned it in so you can see it upstairs. It says this: um, Happiness is like peeing in your pants. I wasn't sure if I could say that in church or not. Everyone can see it, but only you can feel its warmth. <laughs> that was my card. Very encouraging. And I just, but, and that's my group though too, you know. But, but see, that all is encouragement and there's things that are written here on most, most, most of these are real encouraging on the inside, you know, the little sign things. But I thought this one was big. The big 50, it gets worse. That's my encouraging birthday card. So anyway, uh, it's fun to have, and, and uh, I had a great time up there. It was interesting, too. Doug and I went on this journey uh, this last week, and so um, we drove up, and some things happened. One of the things that happened was, um, there's, in central Florida right now, there's love bugs everywhere. And it's like the worst I've ever seen. It. I've lived down here a long time and made this drive a lot. I've never seen it quite like that, and I put pictures of it on a Jesus moment for you to go see my truck. Um, it looks like it grows a beard if you see the truck. And at one point we had to stop because literally I could not see. And we pulled into one of those uh, service plazas and nobody could see. And there was this long line of people trying to scrub these things off. You couldn't see it. Never seen it that bad. So we had that to sort of deal with, which was fun. And, um, and then I had this happen. And this is, these next two things are why I think we need to, this ministry of encouragement, because, because I know that I need to be out there encouraging people as well. We stopped at a, at a subway in central Florida, and, uh, 
and, and Doug got a sub, and I, trying to watch myself, you know, turning 50, I ordered a salad. And, and uh, I, I wanted a chicken salad, and she said, you know, you want single meat or double meat? Well, I'm being good. Give me double meat salad. And then she looks at me, and this is the next question. She says to me, do you want lettuce? Now, I stopped because I had a lot of answers that rolled through my mind that I knew weren't appropriate. <laughs> and I, I'm really, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't say them. And, and I feel like I'm making progress. <laughs> and I won't even go into them now. But I, I finally just looked at her and said, yes. <laughs> and she literally hadn't moved until I made the, <laughs> yes, lettuce would be good in a salad. <laughs> but, so she needed to be encouraged and we tried to do that. And then we got back, and I went to CVS, and, and this is why we need to encourage people. So I go to buy, I'm buying, a, uh, uh, my daughter um, got to walk the line yesterday for a bachelor's degree down at St. Leo's. And so we got her a little card. We were going down there, and so I stopped in CVS to buy a card, and I go up to pay for the card. Pretty normal thing, you know. And the young man at the counter says, um, do you have a Winn-Dixie card? I'm in CVS. And I said, well, I do, as a matter of fact, <laughs> but this is CVS. And he went, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. And it was the weirdest exchange. Doug was with me. And so I, it was 270 something for the, so I give him a $5 bill. And he, he, <laughs> he gives the change out, but then he folds it up like we're doing a drug deal or something and slips it in my hand. <laughs> and then he never gave me the card, no bag, no receipt. You know, I finally had to point at the card and he hands it to me and I walked out the door. People need to be encouraged, see? <laughs> because it's, they're a mess, yeah. So these are the things that I have happened in, in my life. And, and uh, we need to encourage people. And again, you know, the, my, my typical response can be a little sarcastic. I, I, and I really am trying to check that because I know that's not good. And in both those situations, I really held it back. Because I don't think it was sarcastic to say, I do have a Winn-Dixie card, but this is CVS. <laughs> Although there might have been bordering still. So anyway, um, so we need to get out here and encourage people. And I want us to a really good take a good look at this. And so I don't know how many weeks we're going to do this, but we're going to talk about it today. I just sort of want to do an introduction on uh, the ministry of encouragement. And what that looks like. And so I thought what we should do is we need to start by, like in most things, trying to define what encouragement is to make sure we're all working from you know the same sort of definition. Uh, in the English, in our language, the encourage is a compound word of en or n and courage. N e n means to put uh, put in or into, and the word uh, courage which means brave, strong, confident. So to encourage then literally means to put courage into someone. And the ministry of encouragement uh, then would be uh, to put, in, uh, put courage into people in, in order that they might trust and obey God as they realize the love that he has for them. So, so this is part of the ministry. Now, the, if we use a prefix with the word courage, that's the prefix D-I-S, um, then we get something completely different because the discourage is the exact opposite. 
And that D-I-S is what makes that possible. It takes the reverse of a word and makes it happen. That's really where the slang you've been dissed sort of comes from. It's this whole opposite sort of idea. And so to discourage someone would be to take someone's courage away. One of the things that I would say is, unfortunately, we've sort of fallen into this trap where many of us would are already excelling at a ministry of discouragement, and we need to change it. And I'll talk more about how that works in a minute. So an encouraging person, then, is a person that's good to be around because they build you up with their words and their actions and their attitudes. A discouraging person leaves you feeling weak, helpless, and fearful. And so this is the sort of compound word of encourage. Now, in the New Testament, the word that's actually translated encourage in the Greek is the word parakaleo. And, and that word is a compound word as well. Para, which means beside or near or alongside. And kaleo or kaleo, which means to call or to summon. And, and what it means ultimately is uh, someone who comes alongside and brings comfort. Or someone who comes alongside and encourages. And actually that word, um, parakaleo, paraclete, is the word that's used for the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Um, so as his ministry is a one who comforts, one who comes alongside and encourages. And so um, this idea of encouragement runs throughout the Bible, and we'll be looking at that as well as we talk about this in the weeks ahead. But let's, let's try and hop in there and, and talk about, um, you know, why we need to embrace the ministry of encouragement. I told you that uh, some months ago now uh, in prayer, I really felt like the Lord impressed this on me, that, that this is a ministry of tremendous value and that the church has walked away from it. And that um, we've, we've lost this element of what the church is supposed to be in the world, which is an encouragement uh, to encourage people, to bring them to the Lord, um, to, to learn to love and obey and trust him as they're loved by him. And that um, in a lot of ways, we've picked up the opposite ministry and we are discouragers because we've gotten stuck in very legalistic sort of judgmental attitudes that don't draw anybody to Jesus. And we become very pharisaical in a lot of the things that we do. And, and so we have to find the balance. And, and part of what we need to do is grab a hold of this concept that, that we are called to be encouragers. And that it's a very definite part of the ministry that he has for all of us. And so why do we, why do we need to do this? Well, the first thing that, that I would say is, and I've been kind of talking about this for some weeks, is that we live in a grumpy world. If you've been coming for the last couple of months, you've heard me say that. We live in a very grumpy world. And uh, it's filled with bad news. And it seems to be getting progressively worse, and we seem to be more and more caught up in it. And they, they don't seem to allow good news to, to get any airtime. And the, 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 the hook is, to me, uh, is, is that it's all driven by money because if they're just constantly giving you bad news, they're keeping you fearful, they're keeping you tuned in for more of their bad news, which just keeps building the cycle so they, they can continue to make money. And if you just listen to the conversations of people around you, you will hear that it's almost always filled with bad news and things that we're afraid of. It, it has taken over. 
And, and I've been listening for quite a while to conversations now in, in, with this thought in mind. And if you're just hanging out without thinking about it, listen to the conversations, and it's all bad news. It's all fear-based bad news. And it causes us to be grumpy. Um, it, it causes us to not be encouraged at all, but to, to be fearful about what lies ahead. And, and it's, it's making us Eeyores. I don't know if you know who Eeyore is, but if you had children you, and you watched Winnie the Pooh, you, you knew Eeyore. Eeyore is the donkey who walks around saying, we're all doomed. And yet this prevailing attitude is hitting us in the culture in a very significant way. Good news is hard to um, make its way out at all. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, and and I, uh, let me say this knowing I, that there, this is a big deal, but let's say with the oil spill right now. And, and that's a horrible thing, and I get it. And yet, one day last week, or the week before, there was some relatively good news in the fact that they actually got a pipe in there to get some of the oil out for a little while. I don't know if it's still working, I don't know, but I know that it, it worked initially, and that was good news. And they wouldn't give it 10 seconds of good news. They immediately said, but it's not enough. And it's bad, 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 bad. And I get that it's bad. But but do you get there's no sort of balance? There was a little sort of something. And and so we get so used to all the bad that we have no hope. We we, we lose sight of things. And this is not just that instance. In, in everything, God, is, God is, is still bigger than everything. But we lose sight of it because we're trapped in this grumpy world. And we're just bombarded with all this stuff. And if we're not going to be different, then, then there's really no hope. You know, if the church doesn't get back a hold of, there's, there's something bigger than everything that's going on. And you need to meet him because he loves you. Um, we all just sort of lose out and we just get dragged down into this mess of, of, of negative, bad, fearful news. We're going to learn as a group Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. And, and what I want to do is over the next weeks, we'll just take one verse at a time. And I, I want to encourage you to memorize it. So now you're thinking, oh, great, now homework. Yeah, okay, homework. Um, uh, I'm going to read you the whole passage and then I'll talk about what you don't want to memorize. But see, to me, this is the foundation for the ministry. Therefore, brothers, Hebrews 10, 19, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching see I'm not my head's not in the sand I get there's a lot of bad stuff going on The day's approaching. But read backwards. We're supposed to encourage one another even more when we see that happen. Why do we do that? We have to remember to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess in Christ 
Because he who promised is faithful. And if you read the end of the book, this all turns out. It's all good. Comes back for us. We get to be with him forever. New bodies. New life forever. All good stuff. And, and taste of it now. Don't get me wrong. But, but we need to hold on to him in the midst of everything that's going on. And remember who he is. Because he's faithful. And he's promised these things. And we have this great priest over uh, us now in Christ. And so because of all these things, because of, of what he's done, we have access to the very throne room of the living God. Because of all these things, we don't need to be trapped in this grumpy world. But, but we can be a light in it. Because we can encourage people that there's something far greater and far better that, that is here and is coming. And so I want to memorize this, this whole chunk. I want to be able to say it as a group, this entire thing. By the time we're done. But just learn verse 19 this week. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Commit that to memory. Next week we'll do the second one, but we'll do the first one with it. Because otherwise you'll forget the first one. So by week two, you ought to be able to, you ought to, be able to say both by memory. By week three, all three, verse four, get it? And you keep doing them all together. But just, this, just for now, think about it. How to, and some people, I can't memorize anything. Everybody here has the capacity to memorize might take you a little longer. I know it takes me a little longer than it used to to commit stuff to memory. But how do I do it? I'll write that down on index cards and I'll stick three or four of them around. I'll put one in the truck visor. I'll stick one in the bathroom mirror. I have one in my pocket. And when I'm just sitting around, I'll read it two or three times. Of course, I have an iPhone now. See, I could really go 21st century here and put it on my iPhone and check it out too. But that never even occurred to me to just now. I'm going to index cards. See, 50. Okay. Now... I've got this stuff, but I don't use it all the way yet. So, so we live in a grumpy world that needs encouragement. That's one of the reasons we need to embrace it. Secondly, it's a ministry that's embraced by God. Uh, encouragement is part of the ministry of God expressed in each personhood in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And let me read you some verses to show you the expressions of God in each one. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. That word comfort there is the word for encouragement. So expressed in the Father, he's the God of all encouragement. 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. We see uh, encouragement expressed through the Son. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And it's a ministry embraced by the Holy Spirit. John fourteen sixteen. this is from the King James. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. That's the word paraclete or encourager. We already talked about that. That he may abide with you forever. The, the idea of encouragement embraced by God and expressed in the Trinity as a very significant factor in what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live. Thirdly, it's a main purpose of the Bible. Encouragement is a main purpose of the Bible. The Bible is a book of encouragement and truth and hope and love and purpose and forgiveness. Romans 15, 4 and 5 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow 
Christ Jesus. The encouragement of the scriptures has been given to us. 2 Timothy 4.2 Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. The word is used for encouragement as well as correction and rebuke. I think one of the problems is that the church has sort of taken on the correct thing and think that that's our focus and they've stopped encouraging altogether and I don't believe you can correct anything if you don't encourage. Just just nobody hears you. If all you have is correction, they can't hear it. You you have to build up before you can speak into anything. And so so it's a it's a huge significant part of what we're supposed to do in a main purpose of the Bible. Fourth, and this is the big one, it's a ministry for everyone. This ministry of encouragement is is not something that's left to a few select individuals. It is absolutely something that everybody, every age in the church can embrace and take on as a part of their daily lives. And that, that I believe that everyone should walk around with the idea that they are a minister of encouragement. That, that it is absolutely a part of the calling that God has on their lives with whatever else he has going on in your life. Every one of you should, should actively embrace this idea and, and see yourselves as a minister of encouragement. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, and, and uh, this is the Steve's paraphrase, that's me, says this. And I only changed the word comfort to encourage, which is a legitimate switch, all right? Because it's the same root word. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all encouragement, who encourages us in all our troubles so that we can encourage those in any trouble with the encouragement we ourselves have received from God. See, as we have received the encouragement of God in our lives, it qualifies us then to give it to others, to, to pass it along. To share it with others. And, and that this becomes a part of, of how that works in our lives. And so I want to finish uh, today with a little quiz. And again, don't freak out. It's not graded, okay? And people are, what, what's up with you? Homework and a quiz. That's not what I came to church for. I came for pasta and chocolate-covered strawberries. But you have to deal with a quiz. These are ten questions. I'm going to read them to you. I want you to answer them honestly. Um, because I think that's the only way they're going to help you. Don't answer them the way you think you ought to be. Answer them the way they think you are. And we will take this quiz again at the end of the series and see if we made any progress. Okay? But these are ten things that I think are very important to let us know how prepared we are for the ministry of encouragement. Okay? And so it won't take long. We're going to go through it pretty quickly. First question. Do I speak more words of encouragement than I do of criticism, complaint, or correction? Be honest. Think about it. Your words, your conversation, are they more judgmental, critical, running everything down, or are they uplifting and building up? Um, and, and, you know, if, you, if you're honest and you realize that you're probably are speaking more words of discouragement than encouragement, what's the ratio so we can tell when we're getting better? What's the ratio? And, and listen, in this grumpy world... My guess would be that most of us are speaking 95% discouragement stuff. We're buying into it constantly. So that's what needs to change. All right. So be honest with yourself. Second, here's a good question. Are people more cheerful when they are around you? 
Do they like to be around you or not? Are, are people more cheerful when they are around you? And, and third, this is a big test for the first two. This third question will answer the first two almost directly for you. Would my family consider me to be an encouraging person? Yes or no? This, and they're just Families are pretty honest that way. And if it's no, guess what? You've got some work to do. Because you, you just can't buy into this thing. You, you, it's important that, that God wants to minister to you. Number four. Do I apologize to people after I've been negative or discouraging or complaining? Yes or no? And here's, this will get bigger as we go along. Here's the deal. As you begin to take this in and realize that you're part of the grumpy culture, and you hop on the fear discussions and jump right into them and stir up more fear, you need to catch yourself. And sometimes you're going to have to go back and say, I'm sorry, I don't want to do that. And I apologize if I was negative or complaining because it's just not where I want to be. And, And we have to catch ourselves and we have to move back into it. Number five. Have I been diligent in encouraging people I am regularly in contact with? Now, this question will have more impact later, but, but you can rate yourself now. I'm talking about people at work, people at church, people at Winn-Dixie, people at CVS, people at the subway who ask you if you want lettuce in your salad. <laughs> Number six. Do I pass along good news and let gossip stop with me? Yes or no? Or I do the exact opposite. Do I pass along every bit of gossip that comes my way and quietly sit on the good news? And and again, in this grumpy climate, you're way more likely to spread gossip than you are good news. And gossip, you know, gossip is talked a lot about, about a lot in the Bible. It's a big problem. And, and God brings it up a lot. Probably more than all the other stuff that we think is really bad and where gossip's not bad. The problem with gossip is it ruins people, it ruins relationships. And the thing is, usually when the truth is discovered, no one ever goes back and fixes the gossip. Ever. When, when finally someone hears the, church, the truth, even though they spread gossip, they never immediately go back and say, I'm sorry, I just found out the truth and everything that I said was completely wrong. It never happens. And that's why it's so devastating. And we're just not supposed to do it. And, and so we, we have good news to share all the time. You have a constant source of good news in Christ. There's always, because he's, he's good news. And so we have to learn to stop the gossip with us and share the good news. Quit doing the opposite. How well are you doing with that? Number seven. Is my conversation with friends... Generally building up other people. And by that I mean when you're in conversation with people, if you're talking about someone else, is it because you're building them up? Or you're illegitimately bonding by running them down together? Which is, happens all the time. It's a very seductive sort of illegitimate bonding that happens between people. Talking bad about other people. Best thing I can tell you, is if someone's not present, don't talk about them. That's the, that's the only way to avoid that thing. 
If someone's not literally there, don't talk about it. Unless you're, unless you're going to absolutely say good stuff. You shouldn't do it. Number eight. Have I recognized how encouraging God is to others as well as to me? Hopefully by the end of this thing you'll be able to say absolutely. That God is a God of encouragement. I get it. And that he's encouraging me all the time and he wants to encourage others. That's who God is. Number nine. Does my impatience, anger, and selfishness get in the way of encouraging other people? Sure it does. If you're honest, of course it does. But we have to do better. If someone asks you if you want lettuce in your salad, <laughs> you should just say, well, yes, that's a great idea. <laughs> See, even then I want to go on the edge of sarcastic. I was really going, I had a whole thing come up. Brilliant. Really? Did you just come up with that? See, that's the problem. I have to be disciplined because I don't want to go there. We just, we just get it so it's not all about us. See, the problem is, trapped in this grumpy world, we get fearful and then we become selfish because our fears are driving us. When you're not motivated by love, you're always in this bad spot. And this grumpy culture means, makes almost all of us be motivated by fear. And it's a terrible place to be motivated from. It doesn't work. And we become very self-focused. So we have to work on that. Am I patient, number 10, in spending time with and listening to God so he can encourage my heart? And again, I want to bring that back. See, we've got to be patient and diligent in this, that if you'll hang out with him, he'll encourage you. And, and you have to start. Five things that you're thankful for will make a huge difference in your life. Don't start with the negative news cycle as the first thing that you do every day. If you can avoid it, don't even listen to it. Pick up the news later by reading something somewhere. Because they'll just get you. Bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. Uh, it was on the other morning. I was hearing it and it was a, one of those good morning shows, you know, today or somebody. And I, I was starting to count how many times they had to say on a lighter note. Because they were constantly giving horribly bad news. And then they'd have to, you know, on a lighter note, here's some penguins. Which made no sense at all to me. But... but it, <laughs> It's because, it's, those words are terrible. They have to come because it's just so bad all the time. So are we, are we spending time with God? That's what I want to encourage you today. Hang out with God. You're going to find out. If you hang out with God, start by what you're thankful for. Think about two people you heard. You know what you're going to find out? God loves you. Uh, and if you haven't got that figured out yet, you need to know it. God loves you with this amazing love. He's, he's for you. He's with you. He's proud of you. He wants the very best for you. He's got plans for you. You're not just sort of caught up in this thing by accident. He purposed you when he created you to be right where you're at so that he could love you and that you could love him. And he wants to love you more, to, to, to experience his love more. Be encouraged to know that there's hope. Be encouraged to know that he's with us and he's got, a, a, got us forever and that he'll see us through whatever happens. No matter what we go through, he's with us and for us. And, and be encouraged just by hanging out with him and letting him tell you that, that he loves you. How do you hear it? Read the book. Listen. Pray. But hang out with him. Because that's where all this starts. And that is the introduction to the ministry of encouragement. Amen? Amen. All right, they're going to shut the video off. Thanks for watching my video. If you watch that way, if you need anything, let us know. Call us, email us, write us. We'll do what we can to help. We're going to pray here for the group. And then we'll call it an evening. Father, thank you tonight for your goodness to us and your faithfulness and your...